May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I suspect people say it to you as well, but people say it to me a lot. They say, I like to think of myself as a spiritual sort of person, but really I have no time for organised religion. I have no time for organised religion. Oh really? Really? I say to them. Well let me tell you, it's a lot better than disorganised religion. A lot better. Among the dangers of disorganised religion is a tendency to heresy. There's a word you don't hear every day in 2019. Heresy. But the question it raises is a real and a valid one. It raises the issue, does it matter what people believe? You'd like to think it does. That not all opinions are equally valid, all beliefs identical. And it begs the question as to just how broad you can make your definition of Christian. You can believe what you like, call yourself anything you like, but just don't stick the label Christian on it, because that adds gravitas or gets you a better hearing. The truth is, there is some seriously weird stuff out there, masquerading as the real deal, hijacking the name Christian as a convenient badge for what is not Christian at all. And so the church has a right and a responsibility to draw lines, to draw lines, and organised religion can do that set the boundaries of orthodoxy. Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, Christian scientists, are they Christian? Or so far removed from mainstream Christianity as to have no real place under the umbrella? When you study the colourful and sometimes ugly history of church debates about doctrine you discover that old heresies reappear. Dangerous sects emerge with delinquent doctrines and bizarre rites and rituals, all claiming to be Christian. As the founder of Scientology, Ron L. Hubbard, said, if you want to get rich, start a religion. But who decides... What is mainstream, creedal faith? Organised religion establishes the parameters and when it's acceptable to change them. Again, when religion is disorganised rather than that much maligned organised kind, there's an increased risk of the abuse of power. For all its clunky bureaucratic slowness at least within organised religion there are strict 
definitions and requirements. You can't just set yourself up and do what you want. You can't just become one of those cult leaders that so many fragile people follow and dedicate themselves to. The James Joneses and the David Koresh's and the Mr. Moon's. You'd simply never get away with that in organised religion because there is control and accountability. There are expectations, there are requirements. There is sharp observation of what we do. Collegiate peer group supervision. Whether it's a Presbyterian system or an Episcopal system, say what you like about an element of command and control that you have in organised religion, but it certainly heads off unhealthy chaos at the pass. Furthermore, if you live in a religious universe where everyone just does their own thing, it's easy to get away with lower standards of leadership. No imperative to provide an educated ministry. No genuine academic requirements. No minimal professional standards. It's wise to have a a degree of quality control, you would think. A system where you can't just self-refer with all the accompanying dangers of that. When people say, you should listen to me because God told me to tell you that you should listen to me is a bit circular. No, we listen to people who've been checked out, whose sense of calling to this high service has been rigorously assessed, who's demonstrated their willingness to do their homework with vigour and intellectual integrity. People who are not just saying what I imagine God told me this morning over breakfast, that the truth is, who studied who've thought through, who've been taught the great historic faith of the church, who've who've had years of preparation, and not just something that occurred to them over breakfast, that they've decided God told them. You'll notice too that with disorganised religion there are very clear tendencies to schism and conflict. In the mainstream traditions of the church, ideally, there's less chance of breaking away over the small print, doing your own thing. We know that hasn't always worked. It's a bit ironic to talk about the benefits of organized religion in fostering stability and loyalty in a Reformation church, symbolic of one of the great breakups of church history. Guilty as charged. But without structure and organisation and identifying the body of the church, without shape, it can get anarchic out there. Simply down to style and preference. I don't like the version of the Bible you use, so I'm leaving to start my own church. I don't like the hymn book you use, so I'm off to plant another fellowship. I don't like the seats, I don't like the curtains, I don't like the minister. I don't like the version of the Lord's Prayer, so I'm off. I'll start my own church. It'll be just the way I want it to be. Broken fragments don't make for a good testimony to the oneness of the Spirit of Christ. Without organization, shape, structure, identity, loyalty, the church can become inward-looking and defensive. 
If anything goes, if anyone can do what they want, do their own thing, the risk is that we focus on our own situation, our own little world, blanking out the big picture. It's all about our own survival, our own special identity, our own special agenda, our own image, our own success. And churches become concerned with competitive survival. Church leaders are owned by members, beholden to their wishes, subject to their whims, looking over their shoulder all the time, hoping people won't fall out with them over this point or that, so that the prophetic word is held in check for fear of how it will be received. Whereas, under the banner of mainstream church life, church leaders are released to go about their business, not glancing nervously over their shoulder as to how we seem to other people. Instead, we are free to declare, this is who we are, the Church of Scotland. This is our brand. This is our message. Without fear or favour in the historical continuity that we present to the world. Sometimes, without the discipline of being part of the organised kind of religious life, we can find church expressions that evidence too narrow a focus, too narrow a a viewpoint. They plough their own furrow and have little sense of being part of the whole. They can think, actually, they're the only ones who are right. They can develop a lopsided thinking that is literally unbalanced. The faith is all about this one aspect, or the emphasis should only be on this element, or we should focus solely on this dimension of the faith, this small part of the story that becomes more important than it should be. It's all about this, it's only about that. Faith is about a lot of things. And being part of the organised church means we need to keep our eye on that. We can't go off on one. We can't pursue a particular bee in a particular bonnet. So that people overemphasise things and imbalances creep in because we're following our own star. And there's no wider community of shared faith to be a corrective. When you're part of that much misunderstood thing called organised religion, there will always be connections. There will always be networks that correct any drift in our thinking. For the danger with disorganised religion is it becomes no religion at all. Just a mishmash, a a melange of half-formed, unchallenged selections and interpretations from the bits of the heartland of the faith that we like, rendered unrecognisable by uncorrected emphasis that become narrower and narrower and less and less in line with the historic faith of the church. Some people actually like that, prefer disorganised religion. And they somewhat sneer at the tired old dinosaur, as they perceive it, of organised religion groaning under the weight of its own history. But they are buying a pup 
who do that, who disrespect and caricature organised religion. They're buying a pup and not a cuddly, friendly one who will grow up to be loyal and lovely. But the other kind of pup we speak about, the car that won't start with the rusty axle and the dodgy steering, that kind of pup that leaves you stranded on a lonely road when the rain is falling and you're far from home. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We spend some time now in reflection and prayer. A moment of stillness.